maybe karan i can go first on like why we are talking about project nikoa and uh, yeah i think you settle in because this is a very long story um <clears throat> so when uh, i started working as a designer in games 10 years ago uh, we were making feature phone games which was like quick turnarounds right like every month you could release two games and it was mostly you and your team something that you found interesting to make and you give it all uh you know your skills and you make something and you release it to the world and you move on to the next thing sometimes even out of sync that you know by the time mm. the last gdd for a game is complete you're working on the next gdd you've not even play tested the previous game yet and that was fine like it was basically a product of what the development team was making uh was the product and it moved and then in 2012 like for me it's the most memorable year uh in mobile free to play specifically because heyday clash of clans candy crush csr racing all came out that year and somebody uh who i was working at or the development team i was working with had this genius idea that hey maybe we should look into this free to play design and make a free to play game and i feel like all the design team as well as the development team then had to like there was a shift in thinking where yes you are the owner of the game that you're making but because it's like a hobby or a live service or like you know it's going to extend beyond what you make once you give it to the players like whether you give it to the players in soft launch or whether you know you launch your game and now it's in the players hands they kind of co-own the game with you so yes it's of course the ownership of the development team that's making the game but it feels like the players are now co-owners of this thing that you're making and now you're building this together and the best way for these products to exist over years is that you're building this together with your player base um and i feel that that was a shift because i think everybody on the development team has this thinking of what is fun and not fun for example like legitimately this is fun and this is not fun but the players always surprise you and they kind of find their fun and you kind of have to align to that like you know something that you may not think is fun but if you know a lot of your player base are finding that fun then you should think about seriously like okay what makes this fun and how can i do more of this how can i do less of something that is supposed to be fun or engaging and is not fun and engaging so there was like lessons to be learned both ways then i think recently maybe the last few years the trend has also come in about like where are you getting your players from and that affects the development team and the design and things like that so i feel like project makeover is like the perfect example of that like it's the development team completely understanding you know where is your for example ua or where are you going to get your players from um uh, maybe it's a change of like you know organics are dead and uh, we only care about like you know uh, ros uh, but i think there there's a serious impact of like the last few years that the the designers development team all have to then focus on like the whole funnel like where are you getting your players from what can this development team make how are the players playing your game affecting where you're taking the game like it's become like this big puzzle to solve and i feel like project makeover has kind of like is a very good example of the at least like the where are you getting your players from affecting what kind of game you make and uh, that's why i wanted to pick uh, this game and talk about it for me i've always looked at i've always been interested in the evolution of genres since mobile gaming has started the one genre which has stayed you know which has 
stayed in the mobile realm has been uh, the match 3 genre mm. right uh it started off with uh, um, obviously like there have, there have been uh, there have been couple of games on uh, pc as well uh mastery based games so which were probably the inspiration for it but we all know it started off with candy crush right and the the, the core loop was you know you fill like the, the saga map and you complete one level of theory other uh, after the another and the virality for this game came from the fact that if you are run out of life either you pay or you ask your friends i think that was the start of this genre and since then we have seen this genre evolve quite a bit so candy crush ruled the roost for quite a while but then you know we started seeing variations of this genre people tried experimenting with it the the entire you know fight match three like puzzles and empires that was one successful you know uh, deviation from the genre and um, but i think the biggest deviation of this genre came from a small little russian studio called uh, playrix yes small <laughs> little <laughs> yes this small, small little russian studio called playrix you might have heard <laughs> and uh, yeah i think um, from like you know from the stories that we have heard uh, match 3 wasn't even part of their uh, initial core loop for uh, garden skips right yeah. it was it was supposed to be a hidden object game uh, hidden object game and then they changed the entire core loop and then the rest is history yep and that ruled the roost for um, a couple of years so i can say you know candy crush was you know evolution 1 garden skips you know the battler genre uh, was evolution 2 Gardenscapes was another evolution, and I think as players got to the thing about player base, like you also mentioned, is like you got to like you got to let them take you for a ride. Mm. Uh, sometimes as well, it's not just you taking the players for a ride. You got to take like you got to listen to the heartbeat and see you know what like where the where the interests of the players lie, and I think. what it seems like what people are craving for is hey like we know we will be enjoy match 3 but what are you going to give me more what's the meta you know how are you going to entertain me is the uh, is is the name of the game and what are the different ways in which you can entertain players with the core loop uh, of match 3 mm-hmm. and i believe this is, is i wouldn't say it's an evolution it's let's say gardenscapes 1.5 mm-hmm. it what? is not Uh, it is not candy crush like 2.0 uh, or 3.0 it is let's say gardenscapes 1.5 but i would but it is still i would still say it's a significant change in the core uh, loop especially with the addition of the dress up element but uh, but i think that is what makes this game interesting primarily because it is part of the overall evolution of this genre yeah and then it seems like it's uh, it's 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 doing well on the charts as well and it's uh, becoming a close competitor for the heavyweights gardenscapes and homescapes i was thinking you were talking about the staying power of a genre in mobile free to play do you th- do you think there are like you know there are genres which have like kind of expired or like maybe we don't see much of like i'm just thinking myself and maybe uh, endless runners were the rage and maybe that kind of declined i'm not sure uh, but definitely there is something to be said about match 3 and the staying power 
uh, or even the growing power of this genre that's a good point i mean see it becomes easier for individual game developers when they you know when they are able to build on top of let's call it an evergreen genre hmm. right and if you are able to innovate just a little bit on top of that you know like using that thing uh, ideology of proven better new you take a proven genre like what is the small like how can you make it better and then what new things can you put on that i think it becomes a less of a risk from the development point of view and from the player point of view it you know it uh, it it becomes a organic addition take you know it it organic supplement to their taste mm. so so in in that aspect also which is which is why you see so many competitors uh, making games of this genre but but i think that it, it's it's a double edged sword you might be lost in the sea of competition but if you are able to do that one small innovation and then really find the secret sauce i think it's it's great so for example like like what are the other genres which have which, which are evergreen right like it, for me it is shooting yeah so shooting shooting has always been there i think that's probably one of the first games a lot of us have played on our pcs so that's still around particularly first person shooting it's 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 still around it's it's not going anywhere there are some evergreen genres there are there are some which follow you know follow like the interesting like i want to see if merge become that next evergreen evergreen genre because it that too seems to me like an evolution of match 3 in a in a very loose way but i think it is also like at least my opinion is that it is sort of an evolution of match 3 i'll be very interested in if that's a, a long term genre or um, it is a you know short term by short term i mean 5 5 years ah, okay or is it a short term genre all right so i think that would be interesting yeah so when whenever merge dragons hit it hits its 10 year anniversary you'll be like yes merge has <laughs> merge is a evergreen genre <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and we and we talk about like you know how back in the day Candy Crush ruled the roost, back in the day Cards Case ruled the roost, but clearly these games are still ruling the roost. Like you know, like Candy Crush is still number one, uh, the original Candy Crush saga, and Homescapes mm-hmm. and Gardenscapes have also not left their you know top spots. So they kind of continue to be this kind of competition when whenever somebody is trying to make a new puzzle game and try to like you know. grow their business to the levels as uh, these games have okay so then uh, i guess uh, with that with like why we want to pick this game maybe we uh, talk a little bit about what this game is um so okay i can cover maybe a little bit that you know it's a it's a swipe and match game i guess the closest like level gameplay uh, it compares to is homescapes uh it's very similar it's basically landscape mode and uh the boosters and things kind of work in a particular like a similar pattern as as homescapes mm-hmm. does and so you play levels and you earn currencies and you earn various currencies like decoration currency and task currency uh which you then spend on doing tasks and uh the tasks are broken into three primary short uh loops one is like doing your hair <laughs> doing your makeup and then doing your decor uh which is like i guess the innovation and doing these three things basically you help people complete a makeover and live out more positive lives or i guess everything starts with like somebody who's unhappy with the way that their life is going and then you come in 
to help them make over their life from their look, their makeup, their decor, and hopefully they become, I don't know, better individuals or better part of society and they're happier with those lives. And then the loop kind of closes with them sending you a letter that, hey, you really helped my life uh, get better. And I feel like that is a powerful, you know, altruistic motivation. I think like it's a very human thing that, you know, you want to help people in need. There's also this whole aspect about, I guess, your social player profile. Like you have a avatar that you could also dress up and you can go and see other people's avatars, like their hair, their makeup, as well as their decor. And there's some social comparison to be done there. But I think that aspect of the game is something that they would explore more in the coming future. Like right now, it's very bare bones and it's very, if you want to do it, do it. It's not part of any kind of loop. One interesting thing that I really like to point out about this game is it doesn't have like a event cadence. Like there is no like weekend competition events and weekday. Either they've not like figured this out yet or they're thinking about like, you know, once we're in live ops, we'll look at event systems. But I it was a very big surprise to me that a game can go global launch and not have like a event cadence figured out. And I think we'll talk a little bit more about it in this podcast about maybe this game doesn't need it or what would an event system even do on top of the current loops that they have i believe this game at least the mastery part of it is very similar to matching the mansion mm. it reminds me a lot about matching mansion and why shouldn't it not i'm sure they got a lot of their learnings from uh, matching yeah but you know what is just taking a step back what i what i find uh, extremely amusing about uh, you know about gaming in general is the fact that players are ready to believe the world that is made where you know blasting tiles in a core loop of a match three is going to give them money which will help them work and dress up <laughs> like when you like when you uh, when you when you compare it to the likes of let's say a first person shooter game right the premise is simple you know, they, yeah. you go there, you shoot people, you win match. And I'll, I'll it's, tell you, it's there. <laughs> yeah, I think the shooting one has an even simpler, if it moves, shoot it. No good ever came from a yeah. moving object. Like, you know. That's yeah. the... But games like these, like, I'm, I'm sure there are there are multiple examples. This is not uh, an exception yeah. in its weirdness. But, you know, since we are in the industry, maybe we don't see it as weird. But when you just take a step back and let's say someone who has never played a game, if you show that person this game, I'm, I'm sure uh, they'll be like, hey, uh, you know, they, they, what what is this premise? And I think that is something very fascinating about uh, games in general, that you, you never know, you know, what, what players might like. Yeah. I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have started with this idea. I, uh, uh, for match three, I'm, you know, giving you, you know, coins and currency to dress yourself and other people's rooms. Yeah. It, it seems too far-fetched, but, but I think that's the fun part about fun yeah and i uh, i think it's almost thinking on like some kind of first principles right like mm-hmm. when you picking something like this it's trying to set a context of why you're doing something and mm-hmm. you know at least like on mobile like you know there's not a lot of attention attention could be divided and you need to let players know instantly like what is the cause and effect of the actions that they're doing and i think it's mm-hmm. like yeah we have just grown to take this as a given that yeah of course you play match three and you get you know, resources to build things and, and, and things like that. And I can even go like one step backward. Like you are risking your life 
to solve a puzzle you know to, to get these resources it's like like i understand in a shooting game like you know yeah i'm risking my life and my life goes down and you know it's game over when i when i when, when the life reaches zero but it's interesting that you know you kind of like you know you bet your life on a puzzle when you say i'll play this puzzle and then you kind of lose a life if if you fail and, and it's just a given yeah we we just take that as like players understand this context you know yeah but uh, but i think there is a, a lot of understanding of the human mind uh, uh, <laughs> that we uh, that we are yet to do for you know i i wouldn't have ever imagined something like this would work and here we are and this is just one example there are so so many other uh, great examples of this yeah but but what you said about you know there being no events i i i think it is uh, definitely fascinating because uh, if you look at any talk on any of these conferences i think everyone would swear by live events mm. you know and they everyone would swear by these uh, they are a pillar of games and then here is here comes a game which uh, which at least at this point in time does not seem to adhere to it so like let's ask the question why why are they confident like is is this is this a turning like you know is is this a trend coming along that maybe you know focus more on the core and let the events be a boost on top of it like 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 is is this a trend coming along like what what do you think do you think it, it might start a uh, like, um, back to the basics sort of a trend well i think definitely it will start you know everybody can reevaluate their mvps uh, especially in soft launch for example I think the last few puzzle games that kind of entered soft launch kind of entered full fledged with their event cadence uh, signed in. So I feel like another game which is like you know hey it's top grossing and at like worldwide launch it does not have its event cadence live. I think definitely will influence like developers over the world because getting your live ops calendar and your event cadence going. I think it is a huge chunk of work. I think what works for Project Makeover. I think one. piece of the event cadence i think is kind of shouldered onto the the reward boxes like the surprise reward boxes i mm. forget what they are called they call something in uh, in, in game box mystery boxes exactly so they are like these gacha boxes that you can win on an attempt of a level i feel like that's exactly what like you know for example events do right like events tell you that hey you're collecting medals for the next two days if you lose this level now you're going to lose your medal so you know continue on your plus 5 moves and of course like the plus 5 moves economy is the economy on which these games are built on like that's the most important screen i think in puzzle games which kind of monetize on uh, like the out of moves so at least the with the mystery boxes the thing that they've kind of covered is that you know uh, they make like an attempt more important than other attempts like it kind of stands out like hey this attempt randomly has been chosen to give you a mystery box if you win and i think it creates that kind of pressure at the out of moves that hey you know like this attempt is just like all the other attempts except this one is very unique because it has a mystery box tied to it and this whole mystery box logic that they have i find very interesting like it could be you know the first attempt of your day it could be a unique attempt of a new level it could be the third attempt of the level that you're stuck on so i really like how they've kind of incorporated this mystery box to kind of pop up you know like you might fail a level 3 times and then suddenly the fourth time is a unique chance of winning winning a mystery box and i feel like events kind of like 
of course that's not be all end all of events but that's something that events do right like they give you more value for your current attempt and they kind of have a bit of that but i think one core difference between events and this is that is the time factor right yes. like events the core pillar of events is the time and i think this like which is why i think what they i believe what they have tried to do is incorporate the as much as possible the structure that an event brings in into the core loop itself so i'll, I'll give a couple of examples right one is the mystery box the second thing is they have they have actually multiple core loops it's not just one there is one thing going on about designing a room there is one thing going on about makeup there is one thing going on about dress up and there is one thing going on about drama right so there are these four let's say parallel things which are happening uh, but presented in sort of a serial manner where you know you are presented max three tasks at a time and each of these tasks can be from one of these verticals and one could have easily made all four of these separate you know like separate entities and you know run them as events but like the way i look at it is why like you know coming to our uh, original question of like why no events i think what they have cleverly done is like for a seamless experience they have built it out all together in the core loop itself and the other indicator of the same is the fact that unlike gardenscapes and homescapes the flow of this game does not take you to the design part yeah. it keeps you in the <laughs> 3 yeah right so so i think what they have one of the pillars that they have stood by is we are going to keep everything in the core loop we are not going to disturb the player from the core loop let's keep it all uh, within that experience layer and let the player choose what she wants to you know what she wants to engage in if she wants to you know follow any of these meta uh, meta stories uh the design the soft makeup drama she is free to do so but we are not going to disturb her from playing max 3 because we know that that is where we will make our money from eventually and i think this is this is one of those you know back to basics thing that they have done you know where uh, it, it's like the internet right like the internet started off as very clean but then like the moment some people realized that advertising is the way to monetize it you started seeing these pop ups and these annoying things here and there but then came mobile which which sought to avoid it you know like there are there aren't as many pop ups and uh, disturbances on mobile and i think maybe maybe like it's highly speculative of me to say but maybe it's it's again a path to you know like let the player play don't disturb the player while playing it, 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 it's 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 a it's a part back to basics yeah i think uh, that is of course shown in their kind of flows like whenever you win a match 3 level or you lose a match 3 level you can immediately retry it without coming to the main hub if you win the level there is like a play button to just go and play the next level and they want this kind of forward momentum or like you know players who are engaging with the core match 3 levels let them continue doing that as much as possible until they choose to kind of engage with the uh, investing in the meta systems and i guess that primarily comes from 100% of all your monetization comes from the levels right like there is no kind of monetization in the meta systems you can't go and for example spend like money to buy cash to get 
a different dress for example so i feel like any kind of systems that you do to ensure players move from level to level is going to kind of improve your metrics uh, of course this is like the player should be involved in the player fantasy of it though like no where should players question why am i even playing the next level you know like if you are going to earn these currencies to ensure that the makeover gets done i think uh, it makes sense that players have sessions where they only play levels and you know stop and then you know players have sessions where oh now i'm relaxed on the couch i'm watching netflix and you know i have some downtime where i can just spend my currencies and read a little bit uh, compared to like you know waiting for a friend i would play a few levels till my friend arrives so i uh, i really like uh, kind of like you know you called it like back to the basics but it's more like yeah a focus of like what is the most important thing uh, you want players to do you want players to play a level so they don't get bombarded with like you know there are three event pop-ups running two sales running then there is like okay now you can jump into a level um and i think this structure also kind of gets in the way of the event event cadence like if you look at like you know the frictionless moving of players from level to level i think it makes it hard then to have events kind of bleed in in the middle where a level win also gives you progress in an event which also leads to some you know like win moments there and like you need to then look at like where you're on the leaderboard and kind of slows down that kind of move from one level to the next of course you can streamline this as much as possible but that is a core difference between like having such a rich meta system but moving players from level to level when you compare to homescapes like you always land back into the hub screen and the hub screen can then lead you to some dialogues it could lead you to some kind of event progress and a bunch of things can happen versus this one is very primarily focused towards move the players into the next level if you if you compare it to a pc games it's it's, it's basically a conversation between the main story and the side quests right so all, all the live events can be treated as side quests if you you know like if you are trying to draw a comparison and this is the main story and they have done it cleverly yeah. is what i can what i can say yeah what 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 mm-hmm. really surprises me the most is the the time factor aspect of it like i'm sure it will come up soon but definitely i feel like time boxing progress has always been a massive win for free to play games like mm-hmm. telling the players like there's a fear of missing out something if you don't complete something in 2 days is a really strong motivator to increase engagement i am very surprised that it doesn't exist at any scale in this game uh what do you think of like not having like you know any kind of time factor uh for especially player progression yeah i think as this talk goes on like i'm i'm starting to admire the you know, brilliance of this game because you are absolutely right i think the bread and butter of free to play game has been monetizing time Mm, mm. Right. Uh, the fact that this game doesn't stress upon it too much uh, is 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 definitely interesting. We might all be proven wrong yeah. maybe next month when there is a feature. <laughs> But <laughs> let's just let's just state the date we are talking on twentieth March, twenty 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 one. So at this time point in time, they don't have a, a time based feature. Have you seen any offers though? Like. you know those uh, pop up offers yeah i definitely I... saw an offer i think i've run out of time so i didn't manage to get it but it's not live right now uh, as i'm playing it right now but definitely i saw some offers and i think there is 
like we can say with maybe 100% certainty that they would look at some kind of uh, season pass content to do like you know in 30 days try to complete this maybe it's like a unique celebrity makeover uh, that you get to complete or or something but uh, for sure uh, like the core of season pass is again like you know that kind of time pressure like you have 30 mm. days to kind of complete it and gain all the benefits and uh, mm. complete the whole loop even if you see their store right that is also interesting there like uh, it 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 shies away from the store of gardenscapes and homescapes which have you know uh, four packs and like two three bundles on the side this does not have any bundles it just sells gems that's it like no bundles just six gem packs in the store which is also super super interesting the other point like you know if i just like since we're talking about the store is did you see like the trend of like how you know games like candy crush let's uh, loop back back to that point like 2012 uh, it did not have like uh, soft currencies so it was basically that you could spend a dollar to buy plus 5 moves and mm. i think when they introduced currencies they kind of anchored to that point like it costs a dollar to buy plus 5 moves you know the 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 place where these kind of games monetize and i think over time that price changed and it's almost like $2 now like generally like you know like if i'm looking at the store it costs $2 for 500 gems the first plus 5 mm. moves cost like 400 gems or does it cost 500 it costs around something like this so it's like there's been a trend towards moving the plus 5 moves cost from $1 to $2 uh, candy crush friends is almost $3 like it costs like uh, $3 to get 12 gold bars and plus 5 moves cost 10 gold bars so I I find it really interesting that you know we have definitely innovated uh quote unquote on the pricing of the plus five moves and uh I don't know if I've ever seen backlash on this like on uh, on the reviews or in like player comments that hey why why is the price increased or was it like you know boiling water that kind of <laughs> warmed up slowly so that nobody yeah, maybe we might have missed it there might have been some initial backlash but i think largely people have uh, accepted it so yeah like like definitely some innovation there um i think going a little 180 degrees uh, on this topic of innovation what surprised me was the fact that they chose not to do tap and blast mm. right so if if you if you have seen like if you if we, have, we have all been seeing you know like since toy toon uh, toon blast right uh, yeah Toy Blast was the first one, or Toon Blast was the first one. I think Toy Blast was the first one, but Toon Blast was the yeah. successful brother. <laughs> yeah. So since let's say since Toon Blast, like a lot of these games have like like Lily's Garden, like lot a lot of these successful games went on to adopt uh, the blast mechanic as their core loop, and we saw increasing amounts of these new concept style games. adopting to the blast mechanic yeah uh, but this was surprising you know like so so we like whenever we are um, you know in 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 the room um, and you know trying to think of what next uh, what should be the core loop of it we always think of it on the lines of okay um, we want this game to run for 10 years we want this game to run for 5 years whatever and we want to pick a core loop which will stand the test of time right and uh, it would definitely have been a brave decision for these guys to say hey, with all the data that they have from you know the ad you know the the ad network side of things and from matchington and 
the successful games with all the data that they have it would have been a wave decision to say ki you know what we are not going to do the blast mechanic we are going to stick to the match three mechanic and i think uh, this is the place which they did not innovate uh, which i you know would have expected someone like someone making this game to innovate but it was it was uh, surprising definitely surprising uh, wasn't uh, wildscapes also blast no it was swipe and match but it was uh, like a more complicated version of swipe and match so they kind of took the candy crush core like they have like colored boosters mm. Mm-hmm. but do, do, then do you think it is uh, you know do you think this decision is about the ease of making it and it maybe does not really matter what you choose well uh, since they already have the data from matching turn which is a swipe based game they're like why innovate there you know why innovate the wheel uh, just use what works or do you think it's it's something more deeper than that yeah well since we're talking about you know uh, i think you kind of Uh, hit the nail on the head with your matching tin mansion example like why this like this core gameplay is matching tin mansion core gameplay right like uh, there's like you'll be hard to find like a difference between the two and then when you have thousands of levels and like infinite data on like balancing those levels would you like innovate on all fronts would you innovate on your you know core gameplay the monetization of that core gameplay as well as the meta like i guess it's an easier decision to then make that you know we will not kind of take a risk on the business of like the the level balancing and the monetization that comes from that and we will take a risk on like you know the makeup dress up and decor which is like a balanced risk to take because what we are trying to say is like the makeup dress up will actually get us players and that's how we'll grow so then why do you want to like then add an additional risk i'm not sure if people players want make up dress up decor with tap to blast versus swipe and match um i guess playrix definitely is kind of learning that lesson i i'm not sure if they feel very confident about uh, swipe to match like now that they have like you know two well performing one poor performing i guess uh, fishdom is also swipe to match right so uh, they have like three good performing and maybe wildscapes is struggling uh farmscapes was their first like tap to blast foray into the scapes games that they've been making um which may point towards that hey is there a future for building more than three successful swipe <laughs> swipe to match and you know they kind of move there i think king is notorious for this right like they had multiple candy crush projects with tap and blast uh, which which have not kind of globally launched um but i think at least for project makeover i think the the details are in the like you know they already have these levels ready they their business plan is that they can grow this game because of its player fantasy and then you know reducing risk from that you know like uh, balancing mm-hmm. levels uh, is like the toughest cookie to crack and uh, why also take on that challenge on top of like you know the ua risk and uh, the meta risks that they were taking yeah then then uh, do you think it makes to question the like, do you think it matters tap to blast or you know match to blast or there is there, there is something deeper there i think at least my opinion at least looking at the recent games which have been launched uh, is that uh, it does not seem to matter it just like matters what you do what you are able to do well you might have a tap to blast mechanic but if you are not able to do you know to monetize that well then it doesn't matter 
um, I, then maybe the devil lies in the details of how you balance either of these. And it's not necessarily if tap to blast is better or swipe is better. Yeah, I think we'll need to define how we are saying better because like it is definitely more convenient to play a tap to blast game on your phone in portrait mode than it is to play a swipe to match game on your phone in portrait mode when you're hanging on the subway and you know uh, basically uh, we know that mobile games are like part of your you know uh, multitasking in your life like that's where majority of these games are played like waiting for a friend walking the dog getting on the subway so I feel like there is some kind of convenience of like you know you tap on the screen and things happen versus swipe and uh, like Supercell's Heyday Pop kind of like you know also pick the tap to blast as, as their core uh, and uh, you know I think there's something to be said about the usability there that uh, maybe it's easier but but then like you know how uh, other than usability there are so many kind of you know what makes it better right like maybe swipe kind of swipe to match we can say that because it's more involved players feel more ownership over the decision making which makes them feel that hey i can do play this retry this level and i can do better you know like versus maybe tap to blast feels almost a little more like autoplay uh, because you can already see the pattern and you can say like you know the biggest pattern is probably the best move to make versus swipe to match maybe is more uh involving Honestly, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very hard to say. But, but the... let me ask you a question, right? Like, you know, if you are starting from scratch today, yeah, right, you you're making a studio. Like, what would you pick if I ask you that question? Like, yeah. uh, what like I think like what would be the answer to that? I I, I would go to the development team and say, how many combined years of history do we have making one or the next and let's just pick the one which we have the most <laughs> especially you know your senior leadership team like you know hey if you've never worked on a tap and blast and everybody's worked on swipe and match for the last few years you know like like let's look at this example right like this love and pies uh from trail mix like they're ex-king they worked on tap to blast uh you know petrescu saga games and they've made like a tap to merge game I guess like mm. they have kind of built on that innovation that hey we are a team who has worked for years on tap to blast and hence we mm. can push a little bit of innovation in that kind of like we will make you know tap to merge games and I think if they had made like a swipe to merge game that would have just been like what just happened here you know how much combined history do you guys have on uh, you know swipe and match games so I feel like <laughs> that's my answer like it would depend on you know has anybody ever worked on this. <laughs> Then I think that that answers the question. It is not a design decision. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's fair. I think when when you kind of like know where you're innovating, I think mm. uh, it's good to reduce risk and you know like hey, you can directly comp this data to Matchington Mansion data and say like you know what is your level difficulty curve and why are players churning, and then you mm. can look at the factor of like but what happens when you innovate on the meta like you know. How many players are actually consuming the story, decoration, meta content in line with the levels, not in line with the levels, and how is it different from Manchington Mansion? So I think I think that that that's really uh, good for them or works for them. Yeah, yeah. The, the the one thing about the core gameplay though, like 
since you you know uh, earlier on in the talk you corrected me with like oh more like less like homescapes more like matchington mansion i think one thing that differences like differentiates these two products is the paper plane booster and the paper plane booster is interesting because it's one of those you know they kind of auto aim uh, at the level goals like hey if you have to collect whatever the paper plane booster is the booster that will go and strategically aim at the level goals and try to correct that for you i feel like it's almost like a rubber banding booster like hey if you're not mm-hmm. going to forward in the level goals the paper plane boosters will help you go towards that and mm-hmm. the matchington mansion and project makeover not having that kind of a booster makes me think that they have a very particular level philosophy like for example you'll never see level goals which are you know which need to be sniped for example because you don't have a booster that can then snipe those boosters and i think i think that kind of lowers the threshold of skill needed you know like mm-hmm. yes your attempts are as good as you could attempt and everybody's kind of then generalized in a way than people who are extremely skilled at sniping and you know they can get towards the level goals faster than people who are unskilled i feel that is like a really good strength probably to have like of the day free to play games are about you know time spent and you know skill is basically efficiency like how much could you progress but i think this game def- or at least these two games definitely bring that towards like yeah if you spend more time in this game you would make more progress yeah i think that that is an interesting insight we have seen you know focus shift from skill to ease i guess but that being said there is still some amount of let me put it this way i think the word to use here is stress mm. right you know what you said about the paper plane booster and you know the precise matching like that that invokes some amount of stress but in this game um, you know without those sort of levels i think it feels a little less stressful which uh, you know which which maybe adds to the overall appeal because at least one hypothesis for why this turner works work so well is because it is stressful it might be frustrating uh, at times when you are not able to get the right matches but uh, on on certain levels but all in all it is it is a stressful experience uh, and maybe they would have uh, you know um, used that as a pillar to enhance that's the that's the design we see yeah yeah i think uh, relaxation is like one of the key things that players play these games for and maybe it just fills into that void of like hey i am multitasking with this game and the lesser you have stress on like uh, <laughs> uh, playing the core levels which is the main experience of the game uh, the better i think uh, uh, there is uh, you know the coming like, since you're talking about uh, the larger team and you know what the team has experience in uh, i think more and more uh, we see the quality benchmarks of games going up uh, and the reason why i bring the uh, you know the point of the team in it is is that it it takes a lot of effort iteration time skill and money to make uh, high quality games and we see increasingly uh, you know games uh, raising the bar for quality i think gardenscape homescapes definitely raise the bar for quality i wouldn't say this is a bar raiser but this definitely matches that uh, quality a bar raiser uh, an, an example of bar raiser especially for match 3 would be the royal match and for the design games would be that design master yeah 
uh, in terms of you know boosting the quality and like, like what you know like do you think it matters you know like or, or okay uh, that's a stupid question <laughs> of course it matters uh, but how much does it matter right because let's say for a studio to invest uh, these games don't come cheap it it, it takes time uh and a lot of resources to make these games and and there is a probability attached to the success of these games like maybe like any other game uh but obviously this quality does not come cheap you know so how does one take the call of you know where do we stop with our quality improvements and like i think that that is an interesting production conversation yeah i think for sure the app store and like mobile games have been trending towards refinement of quality that is a given like if your game is not of the standard benchmarks that it's trying to compete with i do not think like you know that's a good direction to take uh i think people expect a certain amount of you know like for say user experience uh when when they get these games from the app store and uh that could be a very early deal breaker when you say like how much does it matter i think the hardest piece of the game feel aspect for me is like the whole is greater than the sum of its parts like there's this gestalt constantly playing like if you look at project makeover it's got 3d environments with 3d characters who you are then like you know you're having like close ups with changing their hair and then we are looking like at like a, a, a more like a third person view to do their like look and then there is this whole like larger look of like the room and you can decorate it but the way that the art and the interactions like they no don't leave any space for hey you're not supposed to tap on the screen to move this 3d person around in the scene like the way that they've kind of put it together is that there is no kind of promise being set that you're going to control this 3d character in this 3d environment around you know even though they exist on the screen and they animate um so that's what i feel like the gestalt of it is you need to really look at the sum experience like you know you can't just innovate uh on the game feel uh which may then actually lead to worse games like you know i we made this whole 3d game and you know we are using all of these assets and it should not then lead to these kind of you know player expectations like imagine for example Uh, uh project maker were not having the decor loop they decided that hey uh, you know uh, they were always going to have it but they decided let's not do it for now we can do it later in an update uh, whatever but as soon as you put like a 3d character in the 3d space i feel like it kind of leaves this kind of inkling especially with the benchmark games like hey we get to do the decor you know like why can't i just change this like terrible curtains that are there in this character's room or something so i feel like the game feel aspect is something that the team wants to achieve the tech wants to achieve like for example uh, contest of champions is one of my favorite games when i talk about game feel because that team you know uh, they have to live on this cadence of like the marvel shows coming out and so they have to make sure that you know their heroes are ready to the events are ready to go out at the time of like a live schedule but that team always found time to improve their game feel like i remember when uh, there was this change in apple tech in the new phones where you could have like stronger graphics uh their team took a whole huge amount of time to like you know change the look of the locations where these characters fight and then there were like these 
snowstorms and then there was rain and lightning and they changed a bunch of like the game look and i feel like yeah that's important like you know tech is expanding and you can take advantage of that especially when your game is about you know collecting these high profile characters uh, in the best possible way but then it also comes with like you know do players understand the experience uh, of what you're trying to achieve um and i think that's that's the key here i feel like uh game feel for the sake of game feel versus game feel which is like which is in the right direction for like how your whole game experiences design masters is a very interesting pick that you took uh because like although i feel like it kind of captures the like you know for example design home look of a, like a very realistic uh you know look and feel for the game i think the game does get hurt when you use kind of like these i would say quote unquote cartoony caricatures when you're doing the match 3 or when the characters come on pop on screen to talk to each other in the way that they talk like i'm not saying like like the art style for them kind of matches but the way that they talk does not match the kind of maybe seriousness of like uh the, the their their uh appearance or like you know like a sum of its parts like i feel like there's like some infighting going on <laughs> you know like the mastery levels could have literally been picked up from another game and put into design masters it just does not feel like it belongs together i think one way to look at it is the the hard design choices and prioritization calls that you have to make like let me repeat myself the the question the initial question was how much is you know how much is too much when it comes to quality the answer for it uh, at least from you know what you have said so far to me is on the lines of the design choices and the uh, that you take while keeping in mind player expectations and production realities mm. right to elaborate on that when homescapes came out there were already a lot of invest and express games primarily those all of those inga games yeah. right what homescapes like uh, sorry gardenscapes did cleverly was that they said that you know what we are not going to give you an absolute amount of choice here on in terms of placing your things anywhere you want to we will give you one whole let's say one wall and we'll just give you three set choices between that wall so they took that hard design choice hmm. like when the player expectation like, like when there are games in the market with expectations of you know being able to move move your buildings seven. from yeah. you know different parts so i think uh, that is important and you know being able to understand what your players would be okay with mm. so that you can focus on that one thing to polish like head yeah yeah and i think and i think that is where uh, an insight uh, you know maybe you know maybe just player insight is not enough like rigorous uh, tests and uh, iterations are needed uh and of course an eye for design but i think the the crux of it is you don't have infinite time so what can you get away with and what do you want to focus on for your quality and i think it comes down to those choices of where you want to invest in as uh, as a game developer yeah yeah i mean it's easy to look back and see how well gardenscapes works an audience the size of gardenscapes has to buy into the fact that they cannot move their decorations around though they may be trained that decorations can be moved around from everything of in their past experience it's very interesting that that game could have this game feel of like no you're only going to choose what kind of 
flowers go here. You will not choose to move this flower vase a little to the right or the left. Uh, mm-hmm. And I feel like oh, I can't even imagine the amount of work that would have gone in to ensure that that is the user experience that they want to deliver and to ensure that they kind of remove aspects of the interaction so that players don't even look for it. Is that one word work to brave design choices? Hmm. I think at the end of the day, there was someone sitting in the room who said, you know what, we are not going to do this and we are okay with it. Yeah. It 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 takes like 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 you know like nowadays when everything is available and like you, you have all the information that you get, you know some things are working. It takes a lot of courage for any production team to say, you know what, we are going to not do this thing. And I think that is where, uh, and I think that is where the crux of success lies. Of you know, understanding what to focus on uh, and you know like what not to because like player player wants you know the player would want everything, but there is only so much that you can make in the time and resources that you have. So I think like again these are some interesting choices that you know they have made. Uh, project maker have made in in you know choosing what to polish and what not what not to polish. So like another you know like a, another expectation which I had from project maker was like uh, you know there is the, the you can dress others up, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you can also dress yourself up, mm-hmm. but you won't really show up in the core group mm-hmm. as much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they have this maybe maybe uh, maybe they might be looking at using that feature somewhere else in the future. Like I don't know, but uh, but that that was also an interesting uh, choice that they made, like where uh, you are dressing up your clients and doing all all sorts of makeup and choosing clothes for your clients. Uh, and you can do the same for your avatar, but your avatar isn't really in the core loop, and which uh, which is very interesting. Like you have to, you know, you have to tap twice, I think, to get to your uh, avatar, which is uh, which was definitely an interesting choice. I think that would fall into the category of why did they do this, uh, and you know maybe we don't know. Uh, maybe there are some interesting features coming along, but at least at this point in time, it seems like a feature. Like it, it seems like there is some untapped potential uh, in the avatar uh, feature there. Yeah, I think uh, that's like the avatar feature is like primarily a social feature, and we've actually not seen, I would argue, a lot of innovation when it comes to social aspects uh, in these kind of games, like. I guess in gardenscapes and homescapes, you can't even visit your, you know, friends' gardens and homes. Uh, Matching and Mansion surprisingly had the option for you to visit your friends' mansions. And I feel over time they removed it. Or maybe mm. I was in a variant where I could not do it anymore. Uh, so I feel like they definitely have some more, maybe a little more advanced learnings about what happens when your players kind of check uh, other players' progress. Uh, they've kind of gone ahead with this kind of, you know, you can see your friends' avatars and like designing on the fly here, I think it will be very powerful to make this as a basis of your season pass. Like for example, there's a Christmas season pass. You can change your decor and your avatar to dress up for Christmas when you play through the season pass compared to others. And it becomes like a systemic thing to do. Like they don't need to over add a new gameplay layer it's about like 
you know can you have like a beautiful christmas room christmas decor and christmas attire and then you compare yourself to others while you play the season pass i feel like yeah uh, there's definitely a lot of room to double down on the social aspect of it in this game what did we you know at least as two players of this game what did we think was special and um, and for me like just to reiterate it was the fact that they had no events it was the fact that they chose to do tap rather than blast it was the fact that they added another meta of dressing up yeah i think like these these are the uh, uh, these are the three things that stand out um, and one question mark for me with with respect to this game would be what's next you know like how like what is the next like will they will they add events will they double down on social will they make the avatar more useful i think i think that's uh, that's something that that i'd be interested to keep an eye on yeah yeah that's definitely for the time to come uh, i think the thing that stood out the most to me is like you know i started this talk about the innovation in ua that this game does right like they really have innovated on they know where they're going to get their players from and and they've gone down this you know uh makeup dress up loop of like you know all the ua creators about makeup and dress up i think that's like central to the human experience like we look at ourselves in the mirror and we worry about our looks and what we wear uh maybe not so much in covid times but we still are on camera on screen and the reason why that is something that really stood out for me is any kind of theme studies that we do like you know we're like what should we should be the player fantasy or the theme of our game and you know we may look at for example netflix viewership like hey true crime is really big you know and like we can pick out certain themes that direction of theme searching could have never resulted in this game like you know you cannot plot like a for example a theme research of like what where where do for example the target audience of 35 year old women want to do next and you do like home decor and you do gardens and then you say uh, you know true crime is big or like uh, supernatural is big you know like riverdale and sabrina and all of these kind of tv shows kind of took the whole like you know true crime angle and supernatural angle and there are like innovation of knowing that you know you are going to get your players from makeup and dress up creatives then to have that as your core gameplay like you know that's two out of the three parts of this game like decor is of course one the maybe the reason that they don't have decor creatives is they will directly compete with you know homescapes and gardenscapes when they have and their own matching mansion when they have those creatives so i feel like that is a big learning for me like you know what others or what the audience is interested in is such a hard to capture you know feeling and here's one tool to do go about it like you know <laughs> instagram influencers and youtube influencers very easy to see makeup and dress up being so trendy in this target audience i am very like it's the simplicity of the idea that makes me feel amazing about this game like why did it take so long for somebody to think that makeup and dress up is like a good you know context for having a match match three game you know it took like a company with the data to kind of make that decision versus us who are living the human experience who probably talk to 35 year old women in our daily lives could not think that hey you know what <laughs> maybe they would like make up and dress up as a you know secondary loop when they're playing match three games i feel like yeah it's the simplicity which is always the most genius right like it also could not have happened before this team which has all the ua data could make that decision for this game to come up with such a uh, you know strong player fantasy